to the Hilliard Beacon Audio Companion number 44. I am one of your hosts, Jordan Smith, and I am joined as usual by my good friend Tim Hoffman. Happy holidays. What a new greeting. Mm. Awesome. And Kevin Corvo. Good afternoon. Oh, a little bit of vocal fry on you, you there, yep, Kevin. Yeah, I don't do, I'm not going to sing a melody online <laughs> on air. <laughs> Starting it up today. <clears throat> well, guys, we're freight training towards the end of the year. It has uh, been quite the whirlwind this year, the year of our founding as the Hilliard Beacon. Uh, we'll get around to what that means for the focus of this episode in just a minute. But before we get into the bulk and body of all this chit-chat we're going to do today, I just wanted to give Kevin a quick chance uh, to preview the upcoming stories uh, that he has in mind for Hilliard Beacon listeners. Maybe if we don't get back together uh, to sit down and record some of this audio, kind of heading into the holidays, uh, I know we'll still continue to publish written pieces and things will still go up on the site and through the email distribution. So, uh, Kevin, if you don't mind, just give folks an idea of what's uh, to come over the course of the next couple weeks. Um, thanks. Yes. Um, uh, two things on my radar are to um, give a look at the budget, which I really haven't given a close look now, but the operating budget um, for the city, Hilliard. Uh, where they're allocating their money, uh, where the money has increased, and maybe where they've made some reductions, and uh, the capital improvement budget as well. Um, So that's one thing I'll look at, as well as an update on the wellness, on the well, the uh, new, what will become the future uh, community center. Recreation. Recreation and Wellness Center. Those walls, the walls they got up are huge. Uh, Yeah, they've moved along. They've got exterior walls up and... uh, uh, yeah, so that's something I want to update, see if it's still on target. It's scheduled to open in spring of 2025, I think it is. Uh, so that's something I'll look into. I really haven't written about that since they had the groundbreaking. So they've uh, moved along seemingly pretty quickly, or at on least on schedule. schedule. They, they've opened up some of the appropriations and the money for that, and they're they're getting into the the final stages of all those things. So th- it's really interesting to see it come together, and it's not going to have any cessation acor- across the the season, right? They're going to be continually building mm-hmm. uh, all yes. throughout uh, the winter months. So no slowing down there. Uh, yeah, and I'm excited to get into that budget as well. I think that's a key city document. We've kind of gotten an idea over the course of the year for some of the documents <clears throat> that come through and that play a big role and. As we look at the last few council meetings, they're kind of going through those uh, actions at the end of their calendar where they're going through code and uh, city and reviewing city code and things like that for traffic and all sorts of other uh, procedural uh, council matters. So uh, things are kind of winding to a holiday finish here for the year. And, and we've we've had a busy year this year ourselves as the Hilliard Beacon. Starting back, uh, let's see, I think some of our earliest stories were filed in February, as a matter of fact. But right. um, at the founding, uh, we we set out, and Kevin, I don't know if you can remember uh, what the what the original first story was, but I think it was, I think like Tim said last time, he had one of the first five stories. It was some crazy AI image you threw into something that you had published <laughs> up and maybe one of the podcasts that we first put up. I don't know, but uh, the first big story that we had, and I figured maybe the best way to go through this is top 10 style, and uh, we could look at it from the perspective of what the top stories were, what people were most interested in. 
And I think we should probably go backwards, counting down to our most interesting story or our most uh, interest-generating story Mm. and kind of play it that way. So starting off, number 10, uh, a relatively recent piece on uh, advanced drainage systems, equity development, and uh, the city of Hilliard kind of coming together in a major development in the form of True Point. Right. Um, that has generated a lot of uh, discussion in relatively short order. We had uh, Nick Messenger and Mark Partridge in, and they had a, a deep study and analysis of what uh, tax increment financing does to county services and things of that nature. But a lot of folks are really excited for TruePoint because it feels like a transformational step for the city, and a lot of people are interested in it. Have you... Uh, have you been by there lately? Have you seen the site lately? It is moving. It is building already. Wow. Uh, I haven't seen it recently, but that has been coming up. I was talking with uh, some teachers at Norwich Elementary today, and you know, True Point came up. That's something that people are tuned into and paying attention to. Well, and as we talked about uh, a couple of pods ago in the master facilities planning stages, they're talking about the new distribution of students and how they're going to rebalance uh, the high school flows and all that, how those those student pools generate and adding major uh, development of rooftops into a school district is always uh, worth keeping an eye on. And as you say, teachers are keeping an eye on that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're definitely clued into that. There is some fatigue, uh, especially at the uh, Norwich Britain Learning Campus, because things have changed uh, so rapidly over the past you know, eight years ago, it looked very, very different over there. Yeah, they went through a campus. Uh, this is the first campus development or the campus version of this platform in the Hilliard City School District, and your girls are right in the middle of that. Yeah. And, I mean, overall, I'd say it's been a good experience for the kids going through Hilliard Schools. What's this last couple of years been like going through that kind of unbalancing? Has it been difficult managing the the, the logistics of it, or what's been your sense of things? It's, well, it's difficult because the changes happened at the same time as COVID, so it's impossible to sort of separate. I don't. I everything went crazy uh, that year and a half, and so. It's 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 hard to tell. I mean, my kids are doing fine. Um, yeah, Jackson seems to be doing well as well. I think every just anecdotally you know, speaking, every kid took some damage during COVID. Sure. And so you know, hopefully most of them you know have recovered and are, and are stronger. Uh, I, but by no means would I expect that all of them. Uh, Stephen Wathen announced uh, or shared with me that another tenant. Moving into True Point will be a Home Two Suites, a Hilton product called Home Two. So that might mean more to those who visit Columbus than to Hilliard residents, but that will be another option or nice place for our family members and visitors to and to stay. Tax tax revenue and tax, tax revenue. revenues and this uh, and that. I, so those announcements will probably come every so often. It's I think maybe. Uh, think maybe equity is spacing out the announcements so they've got a continuum of some announcements type of news to cycle make sure with with what will be opening at true point well and we would be happy to have uh members of equity over to talk about uh, their history in hilliard and uh the series of developments that they've gone through because as 
uh, we know they've been here a long time and they've played a part in how the city looks and functions, and uh, they will into the future now, thanks to TruePoint. Moving into the next story, kind of uh, dovetailing off of Tim's discussion of schools, we had uh, Hilliard Schools help students close the gap, and uh, we also rolled that into Assistant Principal Clausen got recognized uh, as one of the state's best uh, principals, administrators, by the Ohio Association of Secondary School Administrators. Uh, yeah, so the schools have long been a, a point of pride for Hilliard in the city, and that's not going to change anytime soon. Uh, one of the more recent developments that we've been keeping track of is the master facilities plan, filling out the surveys and getting our hands around that is another, and yet another one of those key documents to city life and mm -hmm. living here and having kids especially uh, important. I wonder maybe uh, what do we see in the near future for our school related coverage or school focus do we have anybody that we haven't tapped into as far as uh resources that you know of people that we can get in touch with kind of maybe bring in and on site i could probably get some more school board uh, members in if they are interested in having those conversations especially going into a a cycle now where election pressure will be off for a period of time mm. and this will be about uh accomplishing goals and getting things done that need done. So uh, that always makes for good information for our community to know and share. So uh, what do you think, Kevin? I think we're, we need to flesh out our school coverage a little bit. We talked um, Maybe so. Um, and, and looking at their budget and future, uh, future um, updates to buildings, um, that's something I could, I could look into. Um, they have their own capital improvement plan, so I can look ahead to see what's allocated um, in terms of uh, PIs, that's what I'm trying to think of, permanent improvements. They have budget, a cycle set aside to do PIs. And they're joining on a rotating basis uh, where they want to make sure HVAC and parking lots are in good shape. Those tend to have a life cycle, and uh, they probably, I would imagine the district has an idea of what building is up next for, for PI. So I could ask about that. Sure. I would like personally to see if we could maybe get into uh, some of these writing programs or journalism uh, efforts at mm. the local schools to see where they're going with a lot of this stuff. I've seen some fledgling uh, school paper related things on Instagram and other places, mm. but I don't know how sanctioned that is or what kind of uh, arc that's trying to progress mm. through as far as a legitimate uh, uh, growth uh, or trying to create an ongoing presence in the schools. I don't know. Do they still have school newspapers and things like that? Maybe not newspapers. I'd have to look into that. Yeah. Certainly, 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 certainly websites. The, the Darby Panther Press, I think it's called, and the Davidson still has a Wildcat. Uh, I think they do still print a magazine, uh, I would expect, once a month. Uh, I know Upper Arlington does, just because I happened to see one when I was subbing there. I hmm. happened to look over their publication. Um Certainly um, a, a digital presence as yeah. well. Nice. And uh, recent <clears throat> uh, congratulations to the fine football season that uh, Hilliard uh, Bradley had. That was a nice was a nice outing this year, guys. That was a good effort. Uh, I think uh, Hilliard's always got a nice sports tradition to rely on and to uh, bring kids up through. And I think we could get our way into uh, some of that coverage as well if we if we uh, if we have our if we have our say about it. Excuse my stutter. At board meetings, too, uh, sometimes they bring students in and uh, teachers, and they will give a presentation at board meetings for the 
purpose of showing board members or illustrating to board members you know what's going on at the building level so sometimes i'll bring forward a presentation on some academic program yeah that is underway at the schools and that's kind of a window of sorts um publicly as to you know what's going on in the classrooms at an academic level right all right uh heading on down the trail we're flashing back to may 12th uh one of the major developers here in hilliard uh warnock uh andy warnock from the westwood collective i wanted to say the warnock collective but that's not quite right uh the firefly winery uh is going to be going in in 2024 and uh we say here construction is to begin in July on a 4,300 square foot winery with a 700 square foot covered patio at Grant and Franklin streets in old Hilliard. So Andy Warnock, a certain mover and shaker and all sorts of developments here in Hilliard. And we've covered several of those most recently, his uh, partnership with blueprint health and fitness. I think the full title of their business is right. Um, but you know, throughout Hilliard, whether it's uh, Westwood Collective building on Norwich Street or whether it's uh, some of the things he's had a hand in as far as um, the field house uh, over on Cemetery Road, this Firefly Winery forthcoming. And uh, I think this is an interesting person around town, definitely someone that we and his company around town. Uh, someone that we should have over as soon as we can. And I think we know several people that know him and the mm-hmm. offer is out there uh, for for to come on any time. He's, he's certainly said he's willing to do that. So it's just a matter of scheduling at this point, I think. It is. Guys, what's your favorite wine? Wine. Come on, Tim. You got to have an, an answer, at least. Uh, you know what? I, it's going to be Prosecco. Yeah. Just like Prosecco. Okay. Why, why Prosecco? Because... like a... It's dry, crisp. Uh, Usually done in one glass, kind of a one glass thing. You know, you have a fresh glass of Prosecco and then you're like on to the next thing. Uh, no, I usually drink several. <laughs> 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 but it's great with uh, orange juice for a mimosa. Real zesty pick-me-up. Kevin? My wine consumption is uh, limited. I prefer variety of imported beers, mm-hmm. but... Definitely white wines. I don't really like red wines too much. So white wines, Riesling, like a Riesling, um, Pinot Grigio, Cabernet okay Sauvignon too. for me. Just a nice glass of table red. Bring it on. Uh, I will say, it's it's going to be fun to have more of these isolated spots. Hmm. You've got the the junction, which is kind of over here. You're going to have Firefly, which is a little bit down the street. I'm hopeful that there's going to be more of a continuum of places to kind of travel through and move through as we try to, uh, you know, increase this downtown kind of atmosphere a little bit. I think it's going to be a big part of that. I think there's enough to do a pub crawl. I would hope so. Well, they just recently passed a uh, passed an ordinance that said that there will be no um, no quadri- uh, quad quadricycle, no beer quadricycles. You know what I'm talking about? The rolling. Oh, uh, where you get the pedal, pedal beer. Like 15 which, people ride on a on a, a beer cart. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're I've not bringing... I've seen them in Nashville and Savannah and... 
think in Savannah. Yeah, they're not looking to do that here. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, it seems like the last thing we need to see <laughs> yeah, on these yeah. roundabouts is yeah, people that, like, that is everybody fine. lean to the center. No, thanks. All right, moving right along. Uh, story number seven, Mill Run Redo. From well, September that's demolished 15th. now. It's leveled. Completely it's gone. gone. Completely gone now. Well, the movie theater and where Joey Chang's used to be and that part of Mill Run. So I was talking with a couple of friends yesterday, and it was interesting how they did the demo on that. And as much they weren't just knocking the whole thing down and carting it off to landfill, they were actually deconstructing it and grouping the various building materials to be uh, taken away and reused. Mm. So... That's cool. Well, I was going to say it was a brick building for the most part, yeah? Yeah, bricks and, you know, they got metal in there. and Yeah, I, was, I mean, you look at some of these TikToks stone. these days, it looks like everybody's putting things together with Tinker Toys. Uh, nothing's done right anymore, so mm-hmm. they reuse solid materials, maybe that's good. Uh, reuse old, fatigued materials, maybe that's bad. The vintage bricks, man, they don't make them like they used to. I guess not. I guess not. Uh, the Gardens of Mill Run will be the uh, eventual development going into the former Movies 10. We'll have to see what the future holds there. According to uh, these folks, originally uh, the plans called for a lot of luxury living. Uh, what's the site numbers here? What did we say? This iPad is ancient and not <laughs> not responding to my commands. It, uh, it looks to be a five-and-a-half-acre site, 58,000-square-foot shopping center demolished, and uh, that will be turned into luxury living and other uh, retail opportunities. Not much to say about that. That's, a, that's another one of these developments that does happen uh, on the periphery of Hilliard Boundaries, which makes it an interesting topic of discussion for a lot of people as we go through um, this green sign, blue sign story that mm-hmm. was another one of our uh, <laughs> top view getters. And this just kind of describes the, uh, the nature of Hilliard. And as we kind of went through the election cycle, we got to know people from the townships. We got to know people who had opinions about how Columbus does development business. And we got to know people who have very strong opinions about how uh, old Hilliard uh, does development business. And that talks about the ongoing nature of being in those um, boundary-delineated neighborhoods mm. and uh, living, as we do, in a, in a growing metropole. I think that's going to be one of the central tensions of life around here is just the nature of what it means to uh, be one of the places in the United States where money is flowing in yep. uh, for a distinct period of time. And I know that everybody that I talk to and the guys that are building the data center down there off of Scioto Darby now the site prep crew uh they're talking full steam ahead construction guys are going to wind up there in just uh several weeks so things are moving uh quickly there on that site and transforming very quickly we hear those uh big trucks start up every morning (laughs) so yeah i can i can confirm uh people uh, still will have feelings about green sign blue sign um for as long as we as long as we live here in hilliard um, let's see what came up next. This is kind of more of a throwback way back to the beginning. And it's kind of in this way coming up again a little bit sooner than some of the other landmark dates in city life, the state of the city. 
this year was uh, State of the City addressed by City Manager Michelle Crandall. Kevin, you were actually there for this one this past year, correct? Yeah, or, I did go to that. And Tim, did you go to that as well? I didn't make it. No. We were at something else with her around the same time, I think. There was something she over had that at Crooked address Can. at Crooked Can. Okay. So let's just look back at it from that perspective briefly. Uh, state of the city from March uh, till now, we've had quite a bit of development that's taken place. A real uh, mm -hmm. significant change in um, direction as far as uh, how we go about financing some of this development. We re-embraced TIF for residential use, uh, mixed commercial use and things like that. A lot of the candidates that supported the TIF said this was an exceptional circumstance. This was not going to be the standard uh, deployment pattern as we'd seen throughout the past. Uh, but I guess we'll wait and see and report on that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but how would you guys describe this last year as far as city direction, city strategy, city or maybe not city strategy. Don't try to be a mind reader. But how do you feel living here over the course of the year? And how do you feel functioning as the beacon and looking at what the city's doing? Well, I've so never ended. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. It's interesting because I don't have a lot to compare it to. Because, uh, A, for the last seven years, I was living in uh, Norwich Township over in Amlin. So I wasn't actually voting on Hilliard issues. Um, and I certainly wasn't paying close attention to everything that happened in Hilliard City Council. And, at the, you know, I was tuned into the school stuff. Um, so it'll be an interesting benchmark just doing the work that we've done over the past year. I've learned uh, a tremendous amount about, you know, kind of the guts of the city and how it works, uh, the way council functions and interfaces with the rest of the city government. Uh, you know, it's it's been a tremendous learning experience for me. And so I, I think I have a good baseline um, and will be able to uh, make sense more quickly of all the events that follow. Yeah, as I said throughout this little recap, we've talked about some of these documents that play a central role. Mm-hmm. And once you understand the documents, the commissions and committees mm -hmm. and things of that nature, the structure of the government, it's about developing a, a familiarity. And, and that's what we really lean on Kevin for. Kevin, would you say that um, the bent and demeanor of city uh, business has been uh, the same? You've always said you felt very well taken care of and looked after here in the city as far as mm -hmm. the way the city's grown and developed, mm -hmm. uh, good intentions and all that. I, I've often uh, likened it to uh, being on an upward climb with some stumbling. <laughs> uh, but how do you feel the city's direction uh, may have changed over the course of your coverage this year, or, or you've seen maybe some differences in the way people communicate to you or, or, or anything at all, maybe more of the same? Let me know. And how they communicate with me. Sure. Um, I, I think that's, I've always had good communication with the city, uh, and they've communicated well with me through, well, all administrations I've covered, really. Um, I hope that's something that I started. I hope that's something I've earned uh, in being responsible with my coverage um, since I've started. Uh, speaking as a resident, I think the city's moved in a, in a great direction. Um, each administration responded in an appropriate way, I think. Uh, uh, Roger Reynolds was elected mayor and laid the groundwork for the city when it was still maybe not a farm town, but but certainly a, uh, 
a, a smaller setting. Um, yeah, taking and, and those it, first it steps. under his leadership. Um, I guess it's appropriate even to drop this in now. Uh, yesterday, uh, I was at a celebration of life for Phyllis Ernst. Um, Roger Reynolds was there. Uh, Roger hired Phyllis Ernst, uh, who was the first Recreation and Parks director, uh, established the department um, for all intents and purposes, developed the programming. Um, it kind of all started with, with Phyllis, whose name is on the Senior Center um, because of that work. And the Recreation and Parks Department um, is blending with a, mm-hmm. with another department this year mm-hmm. and kind of revitalizing and changing mm-hmm. its mission and focus. So mm-hmm. that kind of continuing ev- evolution is mm-hmm. happening for sure. Uh, uh, Tim Ward served a term as mayor immediately after Roger um, stepped down. Actually, he could have been elected once more. Um, the city, by the way, let me get this straight, uh, they enacted term limits, which began to apply to Mayor Reynolds. Uh, he had one term left, um, but he declined that last term, and Barb um, Tim Ward defeated Barb Cash in that election in 1999. Uh, four years later, Don Schoenhart was elected mayor. He served four terms, but they also put in term limits back in mm. play. Uh, and then we just went to a city manager form of government. And I think that served the city well. I mean, we trans- we transitioned from, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I imagine the operating budget was maybe not even $20 million in 2000. I think it might have been a little less. Um, and now we are basically a corporation, uh, I think. Oh. Uh, so it's, a, it's, it's not a city where you can just elect somebody mayor and, and, and run a little five police officer little town. So I think we did well to go to city manager and bring in somebody who has, whoever that might be, with the experience that a CEO would have in running a corporation. And I think Michelle Crandall does a great job of that as well. Mm. She came from Dublin, uh, many years in Dublin, uh, and was the uh, assistant city manager, deputy city manager there. And uh, I think the city has transitioned uh, very well. I mean, I at times miss little two-lane cemetery road that I learned to drive on when I was 16, but I can't reasonably cling to that and expect this any city in Franklin County um, to stay that way. If, right. that's, if that's really what you want, then I guess you move out to Stark out County. To Amlin. <laughs> or something. <laughs> out to Amlin. No, no, Amlin's changed a tremendous <laughs> so, amount over the last sure. couple of years. Has. I'm sure it has. So, yeah. There are still some places that I guess you know, my, my son brings it up sometimes. He, he would... Uh, He's pointed, or we've places like the. There are still places you can go and be twenty or thirty miles away from nationwide arena, and still seem to be in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but but I think Hillary's gone in a great great direction. I say that as a lifelong resident. I should just quickly kind of rewind and hasten to add because I think it'll provide a bit of a frame for the last half of the year is that that story the green sign blue sign story was about the development on dublin road which was a columbus development which kicked off the scioto property owners collective which then flowed into the save hilliard campaign and set the stage for the entire election season which then moves into our number three story which was just our election results uh it reminds me of the utility value that we're really trying to provide here 
at the Hilliard Beacon. None of the top 10 stories viewed by um, the people that look at our, our page, our, our publication, were the interviews with the candidates. Hmm. They were just outside that top 10, right? But what I did get from a lot of individual people that I talked to that I know in my life, and again, this is just anecdotally, but I imagine this is representative across the, the broad listenership and the broad readership, is that the people that took the time to interface with those interviews got a lot out of them. Mm. They really did get a lot out of them. In some cases, I've talked to people that say they changed their mind on certain things and certain candidates. In other cases, people were just really happy to see uh, township trustees getting talked to, mm. getting their issues brought back to the four of whatever we were trying to bring through as far as this is a whole election. There's a lot of offices. There's a lot of things going on. So just wanted to point that out really quickly. Um, as far as the election is concerned, nobody denied the election here locally. That's great. We, <laughs> yeah. I say we're one and oh on that front, uh, even though we had that weird little hiccup at the, at the voting booth at beacon where, uh, the partisan designation wasn't listed, hmm. um, with, the local races uh, the only one that i noticed it for was city council uh and it right. was it, kevin did you follow up on that at all with the no. franklin county board of elections no, they had it corrected pretty much immediately i think by the time i got there i got there 15 minutes after the polls had opened and there were already signs taped up next to every voting booth with what the designations were and everything so i will say i thought the election uh was uh, carried off well and and locally uh, look forward to meeting these new uh, elected representatives in uh, January in the new year. When when does the first uh, official swearing in uh, meeting happen? That's a that's an organizational meeting that city council has. Uh, it's scheduled. I'm sure I've not looked to see. It's in the new year though, right? It's not yes, January yes. sometime. And then there's uh, there's usually it, a. It's a, within the first um, several days of January. I can recall they would. City Council would set a special meeting so they wouldn't meet on Monday when the national championship game was up. Ohio uh, State played, and they went off that Monday and made their meeting on a on a Tuesday. Well, you don't have to so worry about that this year. Not this year. Uh, no, it's, it's always the first, um, in the first week of January. All right. And then uh, for the last two stories, um, kind of an interesting one. Uh, for number two, uh, you know what? Let's just go this way. Uh our most read story was opening statements and a shocking declaration marked the beginning of uh, the latest Hilliard election cycle. And Kevin, if you could refresh us a little bit, that was the Tim Roberts decision to not run this okay. year mm -hmm. for township trustee. Mm -hmm. And that was amidst all the save Hilliard talk and, and some other things that Tim felt he just wasn't interested in. And it was interesting to, to see uh, Greg, Young also didn't really had no interest in interviewing or anything like that, and he Rick did unopposed. considered it. I mean, he asked. He asked what he, he, we talked before we made the decision not to. So sure. it, it wasn't an immediate. I'm not doing this. Right. But uh, he gave us some thought and eventually got back with me and, and decided not to. Got it. Do an interview. Well, maybe in the new year now uh, that things are settled and he's on to the actual work of the <coughs> office, might be interested in coming in, sitting down. I know Pam Sayers offered to come back at any point and, and talk more. And uh, I know you've had conversations with some people about township business, probably. 
uh, recently, and we'll see what comes of that, if the, anything. I know there's business. The fire levy is still out there, uh, so we're approaching where a decision needs to be made, an right. announcement made, whether that contract is going to continue. That needs, in fact, to be made at the start of the year, since right. the contract calls for a 12-month 12 12-month 12 notice if either party does not intend to keep the contract in force. Well, and I imagine what would happen at that point would be an automatic rollover, right? Without a 12-month notice and a budget cycle and things like that? Or it, would it just happen to be, well, 12 months is 12 months from whenever we say? What's the question? <laughs> I just mean, uh, okay, so say they don't make that decision in January. Then it stays in place. It stays in place yes. for the whole year? Yes. Okay, well, I guess that's that would be the equivalent of punting uh, mm-hmm. the decision for another year, and maybe uh, we'll have another uh, year of covering it and seeing what comes of that. But the last story I wanted to talk about, and our second most popular story, but the one that kind of set the peg for us early and was a big one for us and, and felt like it really cut to the heart of our mission of Kevin's career and community news and that uh, personal hometown kind of feel that Hilliard has uh, that we're all very uh, concerned with preserving and kind of trying to make uh, new for a new generation of people was the old Hilliard Fest cancellation story. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the Hilliard Civic Association uh, made the decision to cancel Hilliard Fest this year amidst uh, several factors, uh, downturn in volunteer turnout, I believe, was cited, and also mm-hmm. uh, vendor turnout uh, volume was down as well. Uh, there were some other factors that went into that that Robert mentioned uh, to us that played a role. And we haven't touched base with Robert or the Hilliard Civic Association in a while. And just looking on these stories and refreshing for today, that that, that kind of said, hey, now I, I know one thing I absolutely want to do come January is get in touch with uh, the Hilliard Civic Association and see where we stand. Yeah, that's that's right. They would probably need to know... Historically, they planned and they started planning the next one as soon as the first one ended. It's so, a rolling operation. So they intend to have it in, in October or September, rather. They probably should know by January what the odds are, right? Or if they're going to have it, or, or if not. it'll be modified in some way, perhaps. Yeah, but I know that that's a that's a festival that people really care about, and it was a re- really neat environment, and it provided a, a a great opportunity for Old Hilliard to be a showcase. Uh, for the town, and I hope to see it continue in some way, shape, or form. And I hope to hope to get Robert in here or some representative from uh, the Hilliard Civic Association to talk to us about those next steps in the new year. But, folks, uh, that's going to wrap it up for us here this year. Uh, well, maybe this year we might come back. I don't know. You can't you can't keep us out of this studio. It's not going to happen. I'm here uh, every day. We have one scheduled next week. Oh, right. right. That's right. We'll be in next week. We have a guest next week. Should you preview that now? Uh, we can mention that now. Go uh, ahead. John Bear is the CEO and Chief Technical Officer, CTO, of Converge Technologies. Uh, that's on Lyman Drive. Uh, you may or may not notice driving up and down Lyman Drive, uh, but that facility houses a number of other um businesses, high-tech, usually tech businesses. And uh, I extend an invitation for him to come to explain a little more about what's going on there. Yeah, uh, I had written about this, I think, two years ago, maybe even three, uh, former Hilliard 
Chief Eric Gryle and I uh, went out there and we discussed uh, drone technology, uh, drones being used uh, with first responders. And these would be drones that could go up and over an accident scene and report back to the officers and the medics while they're en route. Uh, the drone can get there probably just a little bit faster, especially maybe on the freeway. Uh, sometimes uh, emergency equipment has to get in the shoulder, and you know, it can take a couple minutes to get to an accident scene uh, on the freeway during rush hour. Mm -hmm. uh, so the drone can let you know, hey, there's two, four, or five cars involved. They could might report if a car's tipped over, upside down, mm -hmm. something like that. I mean, witnesses might call that into, but they can still get a drone and a real-life image of what is going on moments before the first responders even get there. Could make a big difference when seconds um, matter. So yeah. In emergency situations, a good, mm -hmm. clear picture from a good vantage point uh, can't really be underestimated. I think it's important to think about these mm -hmm. kind of evolutions, especially mm -hmm. in a non-policing manner, mm -hmm. but in a, in a response manner for emergencies. Mm -hmm. Uh, anything to give those folks that are rushing headlong into a, a risky situation a better idea of what they're getting into, uh, you know, is a good thing to look at and, and to develop, I think. Converse Technologies is kind of an incubator for these businesses and others. Um, as they become successful and grow, they would probably need to look elsewhere to build their own independent um, business. And that tech park that the city bought, the Walpert property, mm -hmm. could be a place for those businesses to go. Yeah. So that was when I, that's the original purpose. I wanted some words from John Bear about that. And I said, hey, how about coming in the studio and talking about any of the number of other emerging technologies uh, that are being um, engineered, designed, thought out there? I believe uh, he, I think, there's some work with the school district in terms of there being uh, a way for students at the high schools uh, who are into those sorts of technologies uh, can uh, see and learn what's going on there as well. Um, get, so. some, get some experiences out there at the site. That'll be great. <clears throat> and I, I look forward to having him in. Uh, I think it's an interesting concept to work so closely with the city in these ways. And I think the acquisition of that Walper property, our, our story kind of featured <coughs> some talk with Converge at the end of that um, that story about the Walper property, 120 acres. I don't think it'll all be tech, <laughs> but I think it'll all be something. And it's a it's a kind of emblematic of some of the big changes we've seen the city go through that they're now making uh, you know direct land buys mm -hmm. um, with plans towards long term future goals and aspirations for business development and locally so that's exciting and encouraging and you know the best case scenario for these development corporations centered in governments is that they become good at creating this economic activity that these localities need to stay thriving thanks guys uh unless any of you have anything to wrap up with in these final minutes i do let's talk about it i want to Thank Mr. Heitzman, who has been the principal at Norwich Elementary for, I think, uh, 14 years, one of the teachers was telling me. He is uh, leaving Norwich to go do a teaching job. Um, and so I just wanted to say thank you to him because we have uh, loved having him as a principal at Norwich uh, through the, you know, the whole time 
both my daughters have been in there. Important to have a guiding force at the at the head of these big programs so that people know uh, where to go, who to talk to, and how to get things done in a in a large and complex environment. Absolutely, and one that's changed a tremendous amount uh, over the term of his tenure there. Mm. So uh, a big thank you uh, to Mr. Heitzman. Very good. Uh, we also want to quickly mention that if you would like to or be interested in creating audio product out of the Franklin Street Creative Studio, to get in touch with us at the Gmail address listed in the episode description. Thank you again. Kevin, do you have anything to wrap up with for this episode? You've previewed the budget story. You've previewed our Converge Technologies guest. Kevin, you're the preview man. Do you have anything else to preview? <laughs> um, the city of Hilliard and Hilliard Schools, uh, every Christmas season, I have the Cram the Cruiser. Mm -hmm. So I'll just mention that hundreds of coats and hats and gloves that were donated by corporation citizens and the benevolent people of our wonderful city uh, will be dropped off tomorrow at uh, Avery Elementary School. Um, that's something I'd covered for the This Week papers. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, last year they were at Beacon. I think that was the last live assignment I might have had before they closed the paper. Wow. Uh, so uh, the police pull up, the kids come and collect the hats and the gloves, and um, kind of a cool scene. So, uh, and those uh, gloves, hats, and such are distributed around the school district. That's something that um, taking the police care collected those over the past several weeks, and we'll drop them off tomorrow. Taking care of needs for people. We've been out walking around in this increasingly chillier weather, and we're sitting in a little bit of a chilly studio today. So <laughs> uh, it's good to see those coats and gloves and hats getting into the hands of kids that really need them. I'd also like to hasten to add it is December 7th, and uh, as we all know, that is a day that will live forever. Uh, in the collective minds of the United States citizenry as uh, Pearl Harbor. And just like to say a quick thank you and a remembrance for all the fighting men and women from this country that have given of themselves uh, their lives in some cases and certainly their service in all cases. Uh, I would just like to say our collective thank you, and I know I speak for us all when yes, uh, thank you. we say that. I read an article this morning about man, 102-year-old, a man in Oregon who was at Pearl Harbor, AP story. Um, he was on. He, he was there that morning. I think there's less than 120,000 surviving World War II veterans of any nature mm -hmm. out of the 16 million that served. Um, you know, far fewer that would have been present at Pearl Harbor. Right. But um, I did read that story at lunchtime today about a particularly with 21 years old setting deck chairs up on an adjacent. Uh, uh, adjacent ship uh, and spoke about came topside and there's the planes in the sky um, and apparently he didn't speak much about it until the past 10 years of his life his family said so that was something for 70 years he didn't speak about yeah. until um, well until now history is a vast tapestry and there are points that really fascinate and uh world war ii in that era is one that uh you look at some of the monstrosities that came out of that time but some of the heroism that came out of that time as well and you, you just wonder um you know maybe what you would have done in those moments where you're setting up deck chairs and you look up and you see a, a bunch of bombers headed your way but uh thankfully i live in hilliard ohio and uh, it's 2023 uh, for a few more weeks at least. We've been the Hilliard Beacon this year, and we look forward to being the Hilliard Beacon next year. 
And uh, if you would like to uh, like, support, and subscribe, please do so. You can support us in any number of ways. Share the articles, uh, share them to your social networks, share them through your social networks. And if you can, please support us materially at either the $5 a month, $55 a year, or founder level. We do definitely appreciate it. And it makes it easier for us to continue this 25-year mission of Kevin Corvo's to be uh, a community resource for all of you out there in uh, Hilliard land. So until next time, I've been Jordan Smith. That over there is Tim Hoffman. Hey, and that guy to my right is Kevin Corvo. And uh, until you hear from us again, uh, we have been the Hilliard Beacon. Thank you and goodbye.